You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Today, I'm mostly excited to talk about this generation, because this is something that I I am just so passionate about, and I want to give you a message today that honestly is in three separate parts. <laughs> the first thing I want to do today is I, I want to teach to you. I want to, I want to, I want to, I'm, I, I want to, sorry. First, I want to preach to you. I want to show you why we should care about this generation. And then I want to give you our plan as a church, because we have a plan, because in order to reach the next generation, in order to reach anyone, honestly, you have to have a battle plan, and so we have a plan. And then at the end of this message, I want to teach you three things, three applications that every single one of you, when you leave, the, leave this place today, these three things can apply to you. And I'm going to ask every single person, I, when I get to those three things, I'm going to ask every single person to be a part of it, because I really do believe that we can see this generation change in Jesus' name. Like, I really do believe that. And uh, what I'm talking about today is I want to talk about a generation that is nicknamed Generation Z. Generation Z, this generation was born between 1995 and 2015. Their current ages are they're, they're between the age of 7 and 27. So the 7 and 27-year-olds, which, by the way, that is one out of every four Americans... One of every four Americans is between that age. That's 74 million people in America that are a part of this generation. And can I tell you, I know that there is a lot of bad news about this generation. You all know there's a lot of bad news. In fact, I've told you a little bit about the video games and stuff last week when it came to that. Some other things that when you do some research about this generation, do you know that out two of every three uh, people from this generation... They're either leaving the church or have already left the church. Two-thirds of them, everybody, are, have, have either are leaving or already left the church. They're twice as likely than any other generation to become an atheist. And only 3%, 3% of this generation says that they read their Bible. 3%. So if you've got a kid that reads their Bible, they're one of, do you know they're one of 3%? And I know that's bad news. And then, and then to, I, I think, honestly, to then all make it worse on this generation, COVID came along. And honestly, COVID didn't help anyone. I, I don't, it didn't help too many people. And, and it had this horrible effect and this impact on this generation. I mean, it pulled kids out of school. It took them into isolation, into maybe a home life that, that, that wasn't the best anyway. And now they're there constantly. And it has literally put kids on their phone in isolation. And in fact, this generation, I think this is a low number, but the stats say that this generation spends at least four hours a day on their phone. And this is just, I, I, everyone, I think if you would look at this generation, everyone that I talk about this to, everyone just says, well, well we have a problem, don't we? <laughs> We've got this huge problem. Everyone would say we have a problem. But what I want to do today is I... I think I just want to give you a different opinion because I know the news may be grim, but I don't, I, I don't think we have a problem. Instead, I see a great opportunity when it comes to this generation. Yes. I, I don't see problems. I see an opportunity. And now I, I just, I, 
I, you're going to see more passion from me today than in a long time, everybody, because I'm just, because this is something that just touches my heart. Because I, I mean, I'm telling you, I've been praying, I've been fasting, I, I, I've been, I, I have been working so hard on this. I, I just want, I, we've been working with our kids' team, we've been working with our youth team, we have so much, we have so many things to do. And today I'm just ready to announce some things that I think we're going to declare to this generation that they are loved and that they, like our church has a plan for them. And we want to be a part of their lives. And I just believe that we don't have a problem, but we've got an extreme opportunity to reach this next generation. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I need our church to step up. Will y'all do that? I like, I need, I need us to step up to the call. And so to do that today and to show you, show you this, I want to start with a verse from Nehemiah. But I, before I give you the verse, I want to set it up for you real quick. Nehemiah, maybe you don't know this, but Nehemiah, it, it is not the last book of the Old Testament, yet chronologically, it's actually the last book of the Old Testament. It's actually, it's actually the book right before Jesus comes to this earth. And it's, it's, it's literally the last story before Jesus is here and the New Testament begins. And we read in Nehemiah that there's this season where Israel, God's chosen nation, Israel, is in, in captivity. They're slaves. They're in this Babylonian captivity. And they go through 70 years where Israel as a nation was just decimated. And they were just, it was, they're, they're in captivity to the Babylonians. And here's, here's my opinion. When you, if you get the chance to read Nehemiah, I think Nehemiah often gives us a modern picture of what we're seeing today. I think it specifically gives a great modern picture of what we see just in our world and, and even in our country today. In fact, Nehemiah talks about the walls that were torn down. In my opinion, those walls, walls are always a symbol of something. Walls are always a symbol of systems and values and traditions. And in Nehemiah, it talks about how those walls were torn down. And so the systems, the values, the traditions were all torn down. They were broken. There was, there was no morality there. And Nehemiah, the, the reason the book is with Nehemiah is because Nehemiah had a great influence. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king of Babylon. And so as the cupbearer of the king uh, to Babylon, he had favor with the king. And so he goes to the king's palace and he makes this appeal to the king. And Nehemiah says, hey, I, king, I, wa I want to go home and I want to help rebuild my country. I want to rebuild Israel. And the Bible says that he had favor with the king and he was allowed to go back and rebuild. And so what, I wanna, I, I, so what I'm asking you to do in this message is I'm just, and I've just been praying this this week, that the spirit of Nehemiah would just rise up, and I just pray that it would just jump all over you. The fact that, that because there's a tendency for us to sit back and take a step back and just watch this next generation and just say, well, it's not my fault, it's their fault, it's that person's fault. It, it's really easy to blame everyone else. Or there can be some Nehemiahs that rise up. And that go back and say, you know what, let me be a part of rebuilding this thing. I want to be a part of rebuilding this next generation. In fact, in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, he says this. He says, after I looked things over, <laughs> after I looked things over, I stood up. And just as, just as Nehemiah stood up here in this story, I just want to say, like, I, 
I stood up to the congregation, everyone. Like after I looked things over, after I looked this generation over, here I am. I'm standing up before the congregation. He stood up before the nobles and he said, he stood up before the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. And here's what he said, and here's what I want to encourage you with. He said, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Because can I tell you, that's the first thing that can happen when you look at this next generation. I don't want you to look at this next generation and be discouraged. No, instead, don't be afraid. Look at what Nehemiah says. He says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Now, I want to tell you, this is a message, whether for those of you who say, well, oh, oh no, this is just a parenting message or this is a, par- this is a message if you have kids. Listen, this is not a message on whether you have kids at home or not. This is not a parenting message. This message is for all of us. And I want, I want to tell you this morning that you have a role in fighting for this next generation. Each and every one of us has a role to fight for this generation. In fact, I'd say it like this, that this generation wants us to fight for them. And you know, that's kind of the unpopular opinion. Because a lot of people think that this generation just doesn't care. That they, don't, that they want to be independent. That they want to be on their own. But can I just tell you, I, I really do believe that this generation wants us to fight for them. Even when people would say, oh no, they're disinterested. No, they, they want to do their own thing. Listen, I want to, in fact, today I'm going to show you, honestly, in a very painful way, that, that just simply that is not true. The mindset that they want to be on their own or they, 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 don't, they don't want anyone to fight for them, that's simply not true. In fact, to show you that this morning, we did a survey with our students on Wednesday night at youth group. This is your kids, the kids that you pastor, your kids. And Wednesday night, we just said anonymously, we gave them a piece of paper that just simply said, I wish my parents knew. And we said, totally anonymous, would you just fill this out? And would you just, like, what, what's something that you wish your parents knew? <laughs> and I can't show you all of these because it would break your heart. But I am going to show you a few that I'm going to try to handle, and I hope that you can handle as well. Because I'm telling you, when we got these slips of paper at the end of the night, I, it just broke our hearts. I want to show you that this generation wants you to fight for them. This is your kids, everybody. Take a look. This said, I wish my parents knew how their choices affect me. Look at this. This next one says, I wish my parents knew how much I treasured their advice, even when I acted like they couldn't care less. I wish my parents knew how much church is important to me. Like this is a this is a generation, I, look at this. I wish my parents knew that even though my actions don't always show it, I desperately want to please them. I wish my parents knew how much I love them even though I don't say it. Look at this. I wish my parents knew how much it hurts me when they would rather spend time with their friends than me. Are you hearing the cry of a generation, like, do you, like, like a generation that says, 
please be more involved in our life. Um, do you hear it? I mean, do you see it? I mean, I just, I, these are your, your kids. I wish my parents knew how hard I try and want to do better, but can never reach their standard. I wish my parents knew how much I love their hugs. One said how much I love my dad holding my hand, even though I act like I don't. I, like, I wish my parents knew that when I saw them fight all the time, it really messed me up. I wish my parents knew the fear that I face, the fear that I have. I wish my parents knew the evils that I face every day. You know, I've read this list from Wednesday night. I've read this list every day this week from Wednesday on. And I read it just because I wanted something to stir on the inside of me. I just wanted to see something like I wanted to hear the cry of this generation who has called me their pastor. And I just, <laughs> I apologize. And by the 11, come back to the 11 o'clock, I'll just have it down. You know, I'll just read it. But it's hard. I, I, I just, I, I want to hear the cry of this generation. And I refuse to just sit by and just, and just say that it's, it's not, it's not our problem, it's theirs. And they don't want the help. Like, I refuse to sit by idly. Like, I just think it is time for the spirit of Nehemiah to rise up for every person who loves this next generation and together say, hey, we are going to fight for this generation. It is time to fight. And so part of the, part of the fighting, part of fighting for a generation or fighting for anything is having a battle plan. It's having a plan. And so I want to I wanna give you a plan, and I want to educate everyone involved in this plan. And I want to tell you about the City Hope Church plan to reach this next generation. And what I want to do today is I want to inform you on some things that you might not know that we're already doing, and some of it that's actually new. And so I'm excited to, I'm going to announce some new things because I've been working with our, with our kids leaders. I've been working with our middle school and high school leaders to formulate a plan that I believe is going to work. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I just want you to see, when you see these cries, after we saw these cries, I want you to see what, what we're going to do because we've been in this generation of lockdown and, and all, a lot of this is just isolation. I just want more attention and more time. And, and we've also not just, we've, we haven't just listened to the, the, the next generation, but we've also been trying to listen to you parents, parents who say, well, well we, need, we need more than just like, a, one, we, need, we need more than Sunday. Like we need something once a week. We need consistency. Like we need, we need consistent leaders. Some of y'all, you're like, we just need some six flags, you know, like right with the kids. Like we, we need opportunities. Like, and so that's what we're going to do. And so we're listening. And so we have a plan and I want to give you the plan. And then after I give you the plan, I'm going to do, give you three things before we leave. Here's the plan. Here's the first thing is uh, let's talk about our children's ministry. Our children's ministry, I want you to know that it is designed on purpose, that we have everything that they do down there is so, solely on purpose. One thing that they do down there is engaging praise and worship. Just like you saw up here, it's just downstairs with motions, and it's fun, and it's engaging, and it's dance, and it, like it's a ton of fun. 
And we do this to, to, make, to make serving God appealing, to make serving God fun. So those kids are down there, they're dancing, and it's fun, and it's a, it's a blast. If you've never been down there, if, hey, I'd encourage you to serve and dance with some of those kids. Some of y'all just need to dance, you know, and, and, and loosen up. But it's a blast. And, and, and so we do engaging praise and worship down there. And then we have small group ministry. And so just like you have an opportunity throughout the week, we don't have your kids all week. Your kids can't drive to a small group during the week. And so we take the time down there to say, hey, if we really believe in small groups and we really believe in the power of people getting together and having connections, then we're going to do it in our kids' ministry. And so downstairs right now, they're probably in a small group and they get together based on their age and gender. It's age and gender specific so that kids can share what's on their hearts with their leaders. And you never believe the stories you hear just from those little kids down there. But what this does is it just helps, it helps the leader disciple the kids. It helps them say, hey, I know you had a bad week this week. And I know that you think school is hard, but it's going to get better. And here's, I was in school one time, and here's what happened to me. And there's this discipleship that happens one-on-one -on -one in a small group. And so we have that. And then I just want to say that we also, we do this, we do this consistent curriculum. Meaning that what we're doing down there is we're not just slapping a high five and saying, you know, you love Jesus, here you go, here's a sucker. You know, like, that's not, that's not what's happening. Every week, your kids are specifically learning different things. They're, they're, they're going through scripture. And I just think that if you, give us, if you give us those years of their life, about six years of their life in that elementary school classroom, I, I promise you in six years, they won't just know the word of God. I know that they will love the word of God. Like I, and so we're, we're doing things that are engaging and that, and, and that have purpose behind them. And so it, it, the curriculum, it builds and it builds on top of each other. And so, so I just believe that they're going to begin to love the word of God. And so I say all that because you need to know that your consistency as a parent is important. Because when they miss a week, it's not, oh, they just miss a week. No, they're missing something. They're missing a part of the curriculum. Like, like they're, they're, you're skipping lessons that your kids need. And can I just tell you, like, like I, I, I grew up in a, in a home that we didn't miss. We just simply didn't miss. Like, like I'm, today I'm feeling bad. I don't want to go to church. But Nope, you're going to church. Like, take a bag with you, right? Like, I'm throwing up. <laughs> Come, like, we're not allowed to miss. And like, and like, we, we just had this. I, we just had this staple in our life that we are going to church. We're going to church. And I just want to ask you, like, I'm going to be a little bit more forceful <laughs> with you than more, more today than I am. Because, you know, I, most of the time I'm always like, oh, you know, just you, if you feel it, you know, God is good and all this stuff. Today I'm just going to, I'm just, you just got to forgive me, everybody. Like, I'm just going to be a little bit more forceful. I'm going to be a little bit more strong. Just forgive me. Come back next week. Pastor Tyler will figure it out. You know, he'll, <laughs> but... I, I, but I promise I'll be nicer next week when I'm not preaching. And so uh, it'll, you'll figure it out. But I just, I just want to ask you, like, would you just be consistent? Because we're being consistent. Like, we're making an effort to be consistent for you. And would you commit to be, and I, I promise you, your kids will love the word of God. Here's the second thing. Let's talk about youth. Youth. Uh, which, which, by the way, in two weeks, just in the matter of two weeks, you're going to see the most major changes. Because this is where we see an incredible opportunity to impact the next generation. And so starting in June, we're actually moving youth group from this house to the Murfreesboro Youth and Rec Center just downtown. 
And we are so excited about this. We are so excited because honestly, and, and you know this, that, that this building, although we love this building, this building is not fit for 50 teenagers in here once a week. I, I mean, there's, there's walls, there's, there's all this. The, the, I, some of your kids just need to run. And, and, <laughs> and doing laps in the cafe, like, that's a lot, you know. And so we just, we're going to, so we're going to give them some space. Because we know Pastor Tyler wants to ball with your kids, and you know he wants to dunk on them and everything else, and 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 and, and Laura wants to spend some time with the girls, and and I, I listen. We need some space, and so so we're moving to the Youth and Rec Center this summer, and we're going to try this out and see what happens, and we're so excited because this is a public space. We're going to get to use the big yard in front, and we're going to have a gaga ball out every week and nine square in the air. Some of y'all just need to come and play nine square in the air. It's a ton of fun. And we're going to, and we're going to set up inside the youth center, and we're going to have engaging worship. And I, it, it, it's, it's going to be great. And this building, I love this building again, but it's just not fit for what we're doing here as a youth group. Your kids need that basketball goal. They need the nine square in the air out there, all right? And so that's what we're doing and, uh, and so we're, we're excited about that. I want to tell you, this is happening every Wednesday at the Youth and Rec Center. And if you want to know the inside scoop, I have a, a better, I, this is a little test because maybe in the fall you might see, uh, you, this, this is going maybe develop when the kids get back in school. We've got all kinds of ideas, but we're going to try it out in the summer. And we're excited about this every Wednesday. I want to tell you the first Wednesday of every month is going to be a big worship service. I mean, we're, we're, we're taking what's here over there, and they're going to have engaging worship, just like this service, very evangelistic. I mean, it, 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 it's going to be incredible. Now, the rest of the month, it's like we're throwing a block party every week. I mean, that's what we're doing. There'll be games. Uh, there's, there's going to be a message every week. And then not only that, but your kids are going to break up into small groups. And, uh, and we're, we're really wanting to invest in our small group pastors. Like, like your kid needs, every kid needs a pastor that goes to their football games, that knows their name, that goes to their, their, their musicals, that buys their ice cream every once in a while. They need that. They need someone in their life. And I can't do that all by myself. And Pastor Laura can't do that all by herself. And so we're, we're investing in our small group ministry over there. So every week they'll get in their small groups. And then during the week, all the small groups, Laura, Laura's going to meet up at Dairy Queen one day and buy everybody's ice cream for those of you who can make it. And, and they're, gonna, I, they're going to pastor those kids in their small groups. And we want to do it every week because they need consistency. And then what I'm, I'm also excited about is we really want to ramp up our, our, our leadership development for our students. Because I just really believe that the best way to pastor a kid is, is not to just tell them what not to do. It's to, it's to pull out the good things that they're doing and say, hey, you have a gift. Like the goal is not just to suppress evil, it's to elevate good. And so let's call out the gifts that we see in them. And I'm telling you, those high schoolers need it. They need a God-given purpose. They need to see that they were created for something so much more than just to go to school. I, I'm, the, there's so much more in their life. And I'm telling you, I'm passionate about that because that's my story. I, listen, I, 
I started serving the church, I think it was in fifth grade. I was trying to think of this. I'm pretty sure it was in fifth grade, if not before that. And here's what I, I at church, I ran the sound booth for the kids. And, uh, and I was in fifth grade. I was just like a grade above what I was supposed to, I was supposed to be in that class. But I started running the sound booth for the kids. And we had, we had this computer it took, I swear, it took 15 minutes to just start up, you know, just to boot up. And, and we, <laughs> I tell you, this was, we had a soundboard that was this big. I, I mean, the soundboard was huge. It's way bigger than the one that we got back there. And it had six channels on it, six working channels on it. And we were, I was working with that. And we had, it, it, this guy had downloaded basically, y'all, y'all remember Napster? Remember the, yeah, when you illegally download music? Well, <laughs> Y'all remember that time? And, uh, well, we had like a knockoff version of Napster, and we had every song on the planet to play back in that kid's room. And we were, I was basically the DJ back there for a little bit. And, uh, and so we could play whatever we want. And we, we always had to watch the projector because you couldn't turn on the projector too soon because it overheat because it was right next to the ceiling. And so every once in a while, we'd get in the middle of watching a video. This was new technology back in the day, everybody, a video on the projector screen. And every once in a while, it'd overheat right in the middle of the video and just turn off. And you know how long? It takes like 30 minutes for a projector that overheats to cool down enough to turn it back on. And so that's what we were... <laughs> So I was running, we, we were running the tech booth, and, and it, was, it was a whole lot of fun. And then freshman year, about freshman year, is when me and mom took over that elementary class. And it was a lot of fun. And I talked mom into taking over that elementary class, but I was doing it, you know. Like, she was just, she's a pretty face. And, I was, and, uh, and mom helped a lot. But I, I, that's, it's what I love to do. And so, and so then I, I was preaching my heart out every weekend to those kids in freshman year. You know, I, and, and Gail's back there clapping because Gail was on my volunteer team. And uh, that's right. And, uh, and, and so we, 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 had a, we had a blast. And, and here's the deal. I had, I had such a purpose in my life. Like I had such a vision and a God-given purpose in my life that I could just see right in front of me that I wasn't thinking about going to the parties in high school. Like I wasn't thinking about any... I had a purpose, and I, I, and I knew that I had a responsibility behind it. And can I tell you, your students need that same thing. Your students need to see that God, has, that God has a purpose and a plan so much bigger and greater than any crazy, foolish thing they could ever do in high school. And when they have that responsibility in front of them, they'll live different. Amen. Watch it. Watch and see what happens. I'm telling you, I, it, it, that's what we did. When I was a youth pastor, that's what we did. We, we discipled kids, and, and every kid that I could get a hold of that would take me up on the offer, we just put them into ministry somewhere. We just said, hey, why, how, about you run our, how about you run our youth social media? You know, like you could be the face of the youth group. You could do all this. And, and listen, we had students that they weren't thinking about dating. They weren't thinking, I, I, like they were honestly, they were asking, how much can I serve on the weekend? Can I serve in the nursery and the elementary room this weekend? Like how much can I, can I lead worship for the youth group? Like we had them fired up for a purpose. And, and it's because... We weren't just telling them what not to do. We were saying, hey, you have a responsibility. Go change the world. Like you have a purpose. And we developed leaders. And so I, that's, that's what we want to do in the youth group. And that, that's, that's what we want to do here at the church. In fact, if you want to know more, in fact, if you want to know the full plan, take a minute and text this word youth to 844-281-4014. 
text the word youth or talk to Laura afterwards. They all got the they all got the City Hope Youth shirts on. You can look them up. We'd love for you to be a part of what we're doing in this ministry. We're so, so excited for it. All right? Next up, I want to talk about our college ministry. This is something that, that you probably haven't seen in a, in a little while here. Here's what I want us to do with this, this college-age ministry. I have uh, two big things I want to talk to you about today. First of all, I want to tell you about small groups. I think it is so important for every young adult, for every young person, college-age person, to be connected to someone else <laughs> and, be, and have someone that they can look to, someone that they can learn from. And I just want to encourage every young adult in this room, be a part of a small group if you can. Like, do everything that you can. I know you're busy. I know you have classes. I know you, like, you, you just got a new job. I don't know. You need to be in a group somewhere. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I want you in a group. And secondly, I also want to talk about the leadership opportunities that come with college-age students. Because honestly, if you look at our team, <laughs> you look at our staff team, our paid staff team, you know, we're all like 20 years old. And, I, and we're, we're, we're all about college students. But it's because I am just determined to put these people into places in ministry in our church because I'm just, I am convinced that's the best way to train people. And so I, I just like, and, and Maggie wasn't here this morning, but y'all know Maggie who sings up here, right? You'll, Maggie, Maggie's been our worship leader. In fact, when she first came here as a worship leader, she's 17 years old in high school. And she started as the worship leader. And we put her on stage. And can I tell you, she was nervous. I mean, I, and, and, I, and I got precious videos of back in the day in the theater where she's singing and bless her heart, she's like with that track computer and she's singing all by herself with Jonathan. Jonathan came along three weeks later and played the piano. He's still been, I don't think he's missed a weekend since. It's quite incredible. But Maggie's been singing every week. And yeah, she was nervous at first. But now, can I just tell you, like, I think she's one of the best in the region at what she does. Like, I think she is literally one of the best and she's a college student. And so personally, like, I just want to call every college student, every college-age student in this place, would you come and be a part of the leadership team here at the church? Would you come and just be a part of the team and do some ministry together? Because I need you. I need you to help lead the next generation. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, there is a next generation in the world that needs a leader like you can be. And we're just inviting you would you just step into whatever God has for you? And if you want to do this and you want to be a part of the ministry here at the church, just talk to me after church because I'd love to get you involved in the, in the ministry that we're doing as a church, all right? Is that a good plan, everybody? Yeah. Y'all got the plan? I'm sweating up here. I'm going to have to take off this jacket. Whew. And so now, <laughs> some of y'all are like, Man, Pastor Noah, it's 10 o'clock already, and we haven't got, I haven't filled in any notes. I'm going to go through three. <laughs> Can you all give me an extra two minutes this morning? Two minutes, is that okay? And uh, so I got, well, I got 10 minutes, ticket on the clock back there. I'm watching. I'll get you out in time for lunch. But here we go. Three things. <laughs> you note takers, you're like, hallelujah, I'm going to fill in a blank, finally. Uh, <laughs> so three things, three things I want to ask every one of you to do. And like I said, I'm going to be very strong with you today. This is normally not my style because, listen, I'm not asking you to think about these things. I'm asking you to do these things. And so, so just would you, would you just commit to doing three specific things? Number one, if you're taking notes, 
Would you pray for this generation? Every one of you can do it. And why are we praying? Because prayer works. Because it works. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, I just don't know what to pray. Well, here, I'll give you, I'll give you three things. Another pastor taught me to pray this for this generation. Three things. Number one is this, is you need to pray for this generation to fear and reverence God. And fear is not in afraid. Fear as in respect. That we need a generation to respect God. In fact, Scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so first you have to just, you, if, you want to be, if, if you want to be wise, it comes from a healthy dose of fearing and reverencing the Lord and knowing who God is. In fact, Psalm 34 verse 11 says, Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I'll teach you to reverence God. I'll teach you to, to put him first in your life, to put him, put him in the right place. And, and Scripture says, with the fear of the Lord, you know, Scripture says, with the fear of the Lord comes things like favor and blessing and riches. I, I, I'm, I'm just telling you, the fear of the Lord. So pray that this generation will get a healthy dose of the fear of the Lord. The Bible talks about it over and over and over again. Here's the next thing. Would you pray for them to be surrounded with divine favor? Amen. Like, because, because this generation needs to know that God is working in their life. They need to know. They need to see it. They, and, and when they know that God is working in their life in a way that they could never earn, in a way that they could never deserve, they will begin to love him. They'll begin to see, wow, this is not what I'm doing. Instead, God's putting me in places that, that he's got my back. Because listen, look, at God desires, look, the surely, Lord, you, you will bless the righteous. You will surround them with favor like a shield. And listen, there's nothing better than a young person to go through life and know that God has supernaturally postured them for that moment and to know that they, they could have never made it on their own. Listen, I know that firsthand. I absolutely know that. I, I have not earned a thing. That, like today, I, I can stand in front of you and say, I have not earned any of this. Like all of this is undeserved. Like I, I have no idea how God used a, such an introverted person to be a pastor. Like, and I still wonder that every day because I'm still introverted. And, 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 but I, I just, I, he's given me more than I earn and more than I deserve. And I just know, I know, I know, I know that it's his favor on my life. And because I know that, it made me love him even more. And your students need to know the same thing. So pray for divine favor. Man, pray for divine favor with your teachers and pray for divine favor with their jobs and everywhere that they step, everywhere that they go, so that they know God's hand is on their life. Here's the last thing I want you to pray for this generation is pray for God to bring them godly friends and influences. They need the right people in their life. In fact, the, the old phrase, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I mean, this is, this is so true with your kids. It's true with you as well, by the way. It's also true for you. But it's especially true for your kids. Psalm 27, verse 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And some of your kids, in fact, Scripture says, be careful that you're not around a companion of fools. Some of your kids are around a companion of fools, and they're suffering harm, as Scripture says. And so just get them around the right people. We want them around the right people. And so first, I need you to pray. Second, Here's the second thing I want you to do is would you prioritize church? Just begin to prioritize it. 
And now this, this is where you'll have to forgive me because I'm going to be a little strong. But can I just say it how I'm thinking it, everybody? I just want to... Your kids, our kids need us to take them to church. They need it. And they need all of us to love God when we're at church. <laughs> all right? Because our kids need consistency and discipline in their life. And they need the strength that comes from knowing what church can give them. And I'm not... Listen, I'm not just talking about watching a sermon online. And I want to hurt some feelings. I, let me say this. I am very, very grateful for our online influence, and I'm grateful for the people who watch online, but that's not why we do it. In fact, if that's, we would just, it would be much easier if we just did it online, you know, if we, but we don't do it for that. And listen, a lot of pastors, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it how I feel it, they are more interested in building their own personal brand and their own personal profile than taking care of their church. And they're more concerned with the rest of the world seeing it on the other side of that screen. And I'm telling you, that's not what the church is about. And there's a lot of pastors that are just looking for the next city. They're looking for the next, the, the, the better paycheck. They're looking for a congregation to write a book for and to sell and make a little bit more money. And I'm telling you, that is not this church. Let me just say that this church is not a platform for me to write and sell a book. It's not a platform to just get me to the next bigger city and just, I'm going to spend a little bit of time in Murfreesboro until I can get the big church over there. No, that's not the case. Listen, I'll take it offline if we have to. Like, I just don't think that that's, I, it's not my preaching that changes lives. It is the fact that, like, it might be one small part, but you don't need a 30-minute sermon. You need a hug in the lobby, everyone. Like, you need someone close to you and someone next to you that when you're discouraged, you need to come into this, you need to come into this auditorium, and you need to see someone with their hands lifted and jumping around, and you, you're gonna, you need to sit next to that person and say, I need some of that. Like, I, I and just, you need it. And your kids need it. And this next generation needs it. And can I tell you, you just, you can't, I'm just convinced, you can't get it at home by yourself. And, and, and so, so I'm just, I'm calling all the, all, all the bathrobe Christians to come back to church, everybody. Like, like, it is time. Like, get out of your pajamas. Shave your face. Like, get around some people. And, and, and I'm just saying it because I, this is not just my idea. But Jesus went to church. I mean, I, uh, Luke 4, 16. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Like he did it over and over again. He did not watch the synagogue live on the TV. Like <laughs> he went to church. And, I, it, it, and I'm just going to say it. Sports didn't get in the way. The beach didn't get in the way. Like, like vacation, when we go on vacation, we go to church. Like, I, I, I'm just, I just want to encourage, like, it's your custom. And your kids need to see that. And I'm just telling you, I think that's why we see a generation that, that all, a lot of us think that has just fell. And it's because we just haven't, we haven't raised them. It's not their custom. Look at what Hebrews chapter 10. It says, let us hold unswervingly. Some of y'all are swerving. <laughs> we, we come every once in a while. I, I mean, 
unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Let us not give, give up the meeting together as some of y'all are in the habit of doing. But encourage one another in the morn as you see the day approaching. And so here's the plan. Pray and prioritize church. Like, don't miss it. And number three, finally, I want every one of y'all to participate in the development of the younger generation. Because, I, I, and, and here, I'll give you some ideas. Say, maybe you are the next generation. Maybe you're, you're 15 years old. You're like, what can I do? Well, if you're 15, I'm asking you to help go serve Emily in children's church. And say, hey, I, I want to lead a small group. And I want to help those. I, I want to I dance around with those kids. If you're 22, would you, would you lead a high school small group? And, and, and I mean, we need, and can I just call, like, we need some men to step up. We need some guys to step up and show these kids what it's like to live as a godly man. And I'm telling you, our youth group needs it. Because our youth group is about 90% girls right now. And the reason it's not 90% guys is because we don't count. We need some men to step up and lead. And so I'm calling you, like, if, if lead, a, lead a kid's small group. Lead a youth small group. And parents, the same way for you. Get involved with your kids. If you've got kids, look at the things that your kids said. And just take note. And would you just begin to get involved with your kids and, and develop your kids. And, and not only that, but I mean, I'm inviting you, serving kids, serving youth. Help us develop this next generation. Be a small group leader. I'm telling you, some of these kids on Wednesday nights, they just need a mom or they just need a dad. They just need someone to look up to. And you could be that person. And you might not realize that now, but man, you could be that person. In fact, I, I could have... I could have done the whole message just on this point, everybody, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over by 26 seconds right now, so I got to go. And, uh, <laughs> and listen, there, there is a call on us to live a generational life. Even Paul, even, even Paul was coaching this young pastor by the name of Timothy. He writes it like this. He says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know, the, you know these from whom you have learned it. They need, you need someone to look up to. These kids need someone to look up to. And would you be that person? Would you take what you've already learned? Because I'm telling you, all, all of you guys that are not a part of this generation, our gener I am a part of this Generation Z, everybody. I, we need your wisdom. And not, we look up to you. We need you. Teach us what you've learned. Teach us what you've learned. Because I'm telling you, whether you know it or not, your kids are watching you. You say, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? You need to be an example to your kids. And can I just say this? Your kids don't need you to be a Bible scholar. And when I'm asking you to serve at youth, some of y'all think, well, I just don't know if I can answer the questions. Listen, you don't need to be a Bible scholar or the smartest person in the room. All they need is they need you to be consistent. Would you just be consistent with them? Because they're watching. They're watching you. In fact, Paul said it like this in Titus verse, uh, chapter 2. He says, similarly, 
encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Set them an example by doing what is good. And I'm calling you, set an example in your speech and your patience. Like, like your kids, they are watching you. Second thing, be available to them. Would you just be available? Again, you do not need to be a Bible scholar. But what you can do is you can say, you know what? If you need me, call me. If you need me, let's have dinner. Or let's get together. Let's get some coffee. Like, be available. And especially, come on, to your kids. You need, give them that attention. Psalm 90, verse 12, says this. Teach us to number our days and to recognize how few they are. Help, help us to spend them as we should. Now, this isn't just about, this, this, this verse ain't about counting your days. It's about making your days count. And so make your days count. If you've got kids at home, if you don't have kids, make your days count on Wednesday night. Like when you come Wednesday night at 5.30 to help set up, you're only there, from, you're only there for two or three hours. But put your all in it. The kids need to see that. Like, like do everything that you can to make, you only got three hours with them. Make it count. Make it count. Make it count. And then be an example to them and be positive. Can we just be positive about them? Like, like can we just tell them who they can become? Like, like, like they're, they're going to mess up, everyone. You messed it up. Like, first of all, let's just talk about that. You were the first mess up there. Like, like, but they're going to mess up as well. And they know that you know what they did. But listen, instead of saying, well, well, I can't believe you did this, and I can't believe you did that. I can't, like, nothing's ever going to change. Listen, how about you look at your kids, and how about you look at these students and say, you know what, I know what you did, but that's not who you are. That is not who you are. And do what the Bible says to do. In Romans chapter 4, Abraham, this is talking about Abraham. Abraham was the father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. And that's what I'm asking you to do in this generation. Like I know, when you look at it, it looks rough. And you might, you, need, you might say, I need some hope for it. Listen, I'm asking you to look at that generation and not just see what it is, but see who they can become. Because that's what they want for us. And I'm calling, I'm, I'm calling you church. Church, it's time to fight for this generation. Are you with me? All right, can you, let's pray today. Let's just pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. God, you've been so good to us. And Lord, I'm just asking right now that you would just compel our hearts to look after this next generation. And Lord, you know, <laughs> Lord, you know what's on my heart. Lord, you see the cries of this generation. Lord, you know every one of their thoughts. Lord, you know everything that they're facing. And Lord, I'm just asking, would you help us to step up? Would you help us to step up and fight for this generation? Lord, I know that they want us to fight for them. <laughs> Lord, they might not say it all the time, but they want us in their life. And so Lord, help us to be an example to them. Lord, help us that everything that we do, help us to be positive to them. Help us to call the things out in them. Help us to see the things that you can see, Lord. Lord, help us just to open our hearts to be available for them. 
Lord, help us to help us to to, to, to open our schedules and say, I, I, I want to spend time with them. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to participate in this younger generation. Lord, help us to walk along next to them. And Lord, on those Wednesday nights when it seems long, <laughs> and Lord, when, when we're all wore out, Lord, would you help us to understand that we've made an impact on them. And that, Lord, when we're just there to listen sometimes, Lord, that's just the best thing that we can do. Lord, I pray that as we, as we move youth from this building to the next, Lord, would you just give us divine favor in doing that? Lord, I pray that it would just open the doors for all kinds of young kids to come out and to know your love, to get to know you. Lord, we're believing that this summer, that we're gonna see a revival in our youth ministry, that we're gonna see, we're gonna see kids come to know you. Lord, maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time, Lord, they're gonna come to know you as their savior. Lord, we know that you can work, <laughs> you can work that gaga ball pit, you can work the games that we play. Lord, you can make you can you can make those things all turn right back to you. And Lord, I pray for every leader in that, in that place, every small group leader that's gonna step up. Lord, every small group leader in our kids' ministry. Lord, every, every volunteer that is gonna play and spend time with those kids. Lord, every volunteer that's gonna worship and dance with these kids. Lord, I pray that you would just supernaturally bless them. Lord, give their time back to them. Lord, we love you. And Lord, our church loves the next generation. And Lord, we are committing to fight for them. We're fighting for them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this place today, we never leave a service without giving you an opportunity to accept Jesus into your life. And so if that's you today, and you say, I've I've never committed my life to Jesus. I've never seen the purpose. Maybe you heard me talk about the purpose that God can give you. Can I tell you that purpose comes straight from him? It's hard to know your purpose in life when when you don't have a when you don't know the person who created you. So today can be the day where you meet the person that created you. And all you got to do is pray a simple prayer, surrender your heart, surrender your life over to God. And he can do some incredible things. He'll give you that purpose that I talked about today. In fact, if that's you in this room today, with every head bowed, eyes closed, would you just pray this prayer after me? In fact, church, because we all believe it, we're all going to say it together. Repeat this after me. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this in minute. Say, Jesus... I give you my life. I make you my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Would you get up for all the people who prayed that prayer?